This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Tuesday the 29th of March in your Squiz today, a dramatic night at the Oscars, another rain bomb on the way, China locks down Shanghai, and Buddy gets his ball back. This is your Squiz today. The Oscars might be Hollywood's night of nights, but this year's awards ceremony is making headlines for an entirely different reason. If you opened social media at all yesterday, it's likely you saw a clip of actor Will Smith slapping or hitting comedian Chris Rock while he was presenting on stage. Claire... What happened? <laughs> yeah, where do you start? Probably at the yeah. beginning. <laughs> so what happened was comedian Chris Rock was on stage. He was presenting the award for best documentary feature. Uh, before he got to that, he was stirring up a few laughs with a few jokes at the guest's expense and he got to Jada Pinkett Smith. Uh, what he said yesterday was that he was looking forward to G.I. Jane 2. He couldn't wait to see it and that was a reference to her. Her shaved head. Uh, she didn't look too happy with that quip. Uh, she has alopecia, which is an autoimmune condition that causes hair loss. Uh, for Will Smith's part, he initially laughed at the joke, uh, but things then turned very sour. He went on the stage, uh, he slapped Rock across the face, he returned to his seat and he started yelling at the comedian, uh, including an explosive that we won't <laughs> include oh, here this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it really all descended from from there. Will Smith then went on to win Best Actor for his role in King Richard, playing the father of Venus and Serena Williams. In a teary speech, he apologised to the Academy and his fellow nominees, but not to Chris Rock. Rock has said he won't be pressing charges. Lots of commentary on it all, and it's kind of a shame that all that drama has overshadowed what the awards are about, which is celebrating great films. There wasn't one that swept the field this year, but take us through the key categories. Coda became the first movie made by a streaming service to win Best Picture. Uh, They did that for Apple TV. It's the film about a hearing teenager who uh, goes forward in her life and has to balance her deaf family. And on that note, Troy Kotzer won the Oscar for Best uh, Supporting Actor. Uh, He's the first deaf man to win an Oscar. Uh, Jane Campion, who's a Kiwi who spends quite a bit of time in Australia, she won Best Director for Power of the Dog. Winning Best Actress was Jessica Chastain. She picked up that gong for her turn as uh, the evangelicist Tammy Faye Baker. Uh, And as for Best Doco, the award that Chris Rock was uh, trying to award at the time, (laughs) uh, that went to Questlove for Summer of Soul. It's about a big music festival back in the day in the United States. All the details are in the Squiz Today newsletter if you want links to read more or watch more. I'll pop a link, though, to a red carpet gallery in your episode notes. Slightly less dramatic, the countdown is on to the release of the budget tonight. The record low rate of unemployment is expected to feature quite heavily in Treasurer Josh Frydenberg's 
pre-election pitch. He's expected to reveal a jobless rate of less than 4%. We don't know if it's going to be less dramatic, Larissa. Is Let's wait and see what happens tonight. But Could deliver. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, certainly the centrepiece that they're talking about today is that low expected unemployment rate, 3.75%. We haven't seen that sort of unemployment rate since 1974, but that's certainly what the government expects we're going to be able to achieve before the end of September. Uh, Unemployment is currently at 4%, which is very low, and the government was trumpeting that achievement just a few days ago. What the Morrison government expects is that unemployment will stay low for the coming four years, uh, and that that will be a big part of driving wages higher, and that will see us deal with inflation a bit better too. Uh, Also on the agenda for today, the government is expected to cut fuel excise by 10 cents a litre for the coming six months. That again is a measure to deal with those cost of living pressures that we're all under at the moment. Labor leader Anthony Albanese has signalled that he'll support Prime Minister Scott Morrison's measures to ease the cost of living. All will be revealed tonight. We'll see if there is any drama. I'm betting not that much drama. (laughs) But uh, 7.30pm tonight, Treasurer Josh Frydenberg does his budget speech. It's not the news flood-weary communities in New South Wales and Queensland want to hear, but more wet weather is happening, with another rain bomb hitting already soaked areas, causing flash flooding. In Toowoomba, a man has died and another man is missing in floodwaters, as authorities urge people to monitor the weather conditions closely. Yeah, lots of concerns in that corner uh, of Queensland, particularly when you look through the Gold Coast as well, that have seen some flash flooding that's been quite dangerous. And then you go over the border to New South Wales and that stretch from uh, Tweed Heads down to Coffs Harbour is under multiple flood warnings. Already a lot of residents in Lismore have been evacuated. They're very concerned about the rivers rising there uh, and also through that region. So it's going to be a pretty rough day. The good news is that the weather forecasters uh, say that that rain won't stick around for very long, but it will go further south. And sorry, Sydney siders, it's going to be a very long week for you. Get those brollies back out. Mine's by the door already, so (laughs) not too much to do. But take care if you are in those areas with those severe weather warnings. Over to China now, where their COVID zero policy is being severely tested as it battles its largest outbreak since the start of the pandemic. Shanghai, the second largest city in the country, will lock down. That's some 26 million people, Claire. It's a lot of people. It's one of the biggest city lockdowns in this pandemic. What the government said is that the city recorded 3,450 cases on Sunday. Uh, That is nearly 70% of China's new daily case total. The way they're going to do it is that they're going to split the city in two. They're going to phase it because they have to get everyone tested. That's what they're trying to do. And while we're on COVID news, Victorian Premier Dan Andrews has tested positive. He's in ISO for seven days, well stocked up on Panadol, he says. On to sport, and one of the biggest moments over the weekend was Sydney Swans player Buddy Franklin kicking his thousandth goal. He became the sixth person ever to do so. What happened straight after was also pretty iconic, Claire. 
Yeah, the pictures that came from the SCG were quite remarkable mm, from Friday incredible. night. Just incredible to see so much support for Buddy Franklin, but also for the game. Certainly the sports administrators were really pleased that it was such a joyous scene. Uh, what happened, though, was that one of the fans, Alex Wheeler, was able to claim the ball because <laughs> everyone was heading onto the ground to mob Franklin. Uh, he tucked it under his arm and he took it home for safekeeping and what ensued was an appeal from the club. They wanted the ball returned to Franklin. Uh, Some are saying that it's worth a lot of money, maybe up to $200,000. It's just incredible. He did give it back yesterday. It's nice that he gave it back before it got messy. He said he didn't have a pool room to put it in anyway. I'm sure Buddy Franklin (laughs) will have a spot for it. Machu Picchu in Peru is one of the most famous landmarks in the world. A new study suggests, though, that we've been calling it the wrong name for more than 100 years. Yep, some researchers have done some work on it. Uh, A new study suggests that the Inca inhabitants called it Pichu, just plain old Pichu, or Juana Pichu. Uh, It seems to be a case of Chinese whispers that a farmer nearby told locals 100 years ago that it was Machu Picchu and that kind of caught on. They said it's likely that uh, it will stay being known as Machu Picchu. It's one of the most famous landmarks in the world, as we said. So a name change right now probably isn't likely to be on the cards. Squeeze the day, Claire. What are you keeping an eye on today? Uh, Tomorrow morning, obviously, after the budget and the late night there, I'll be up bright and early, of course, to (laughs) squiz. But in the background, the Socceroos are taking on Saudi Arabia. That's at 5am tomorrow morning. It's a World Cup qualifier. It's one that we really need to win. Don't know how you'll concentrate on soccer and the budget, but you are very good at multitasking. (laughs) While we've got elections on the brain at the moment, today's the anniversary of Edmund Barton being elected our first Prime Minister in the very first parliamentary elections back in 1901. So a little history fact right there. That's all from us on a Tuesday. Have a good day and we will be back with you tomorrow with plenty of budget news, I think, Claire. I think that's a certainty. We'll catch you then. A quick message now from our podcast partner, BHP. Across the next couple of weeks, we'll be talking to Squizzers about BHP and the work they're doing to provide the materials that we need to transition to a low emission economy for the energy transition. At the start of the podcast, you heard how copper is used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. So when it comes to producing it, reducing emissions is a priority. And that's why BHP is making solar, wind and battery deals to help power their South Australian Olympic dam copper mine. It's happening now at BHP.